Welcome to The Box, an official Loudstone Entertainment podcast where any topic, any topic, can fit in this box. Featuring Abra and AJ Mamba. What the hell are they talking about this week? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Loudstone Entertainment. Welcome back to The Box Podcast. This is a special box podcast a box podcast extra if you will uh this is aj mamba and i am not with avra today avra is on assignment right now uh why don't you introduce yourself to the people my name is the jam co i uh, am the head honcho at the fwz a youtube channel that does uh basically online professional wrestling simulation through video games as uh, ag mama does with dwf so got a yes. couple of similar things but i am all-round swell guy and big aew fan yes 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 we are both big aew marks if you will let me stop uh but yeah jamco and i you know uh, i did his podcast uh recently and it was amazing you know if you're on spotify fwz podcast uh the link will be in the description for this as well on how you can find jamco and his uh podcast and everything like that uh but we're not talking call wrestling today we're talking actual pro wrestling because for some weird reason with all the shit that's going on pro wrestling is still <laughs> happening on television it's not Ring of Honor, it's not NWA, but it happens to be WWE and the company that we're going to talk about today, AEW, and they have a pay-per-view coming this Saturday called AEW Double or Nothing. I'm excited. Absolutely. I uh, remember the very first uh, Double or Nothing last year, which was kind of the uh, the pinnacle show of, uh, I remember crowning the first AEW world title. And for me, living in England, of course, um, at the times of the difference, it was, um, of course, on at sort of early hours of the morning, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., but I knew that I had to make sure that I uh, kept myself awake for that because it was one of those pay-per-views that sort of, I think, in a long time for me, I'm not a, a big WWE fan, and I've taken the time to best myself in, in AEW, and it was the first time that I really, really felt the need that I really wanted to watch a pay-per-view rather than just, you know, oh, check it out, see, see what it is. So to see that first pay-per-view just come sort of a year circle background again, which, you know, with current things going in the world right now, was, you know, debatable whether it's actually going to go ahead, but I'm glad it is, and uh, got some phenomenal matches on that card as well. Oh, yeah, man. And before we go into the matches, let's just talk a little bit about kind of like this one year anniversary for all elite wrestling and just think about like just everything that the company has done i i'm a huge AEW fan it's my favorite company um i i have no shame in admitting that um but i am still a wwe fan you know um there it it like you know there's stuff from time to time i'm a big nxt fan i'll just say that uh but um with everything that has happened over the past year, I find myself watching WWE uh, less and less because AEW, you know, it's only one night a week so far. They don't even have house shows and they have created this aura around them that anytime you tune in to TNT uh, for two hours on a Wednesday night uh, in, in the States or matter of fact, it's uh, is it are you watching it on fights? Yeah, or, watching on fight TV, yeah. 
Okay, so you so then you get to see uh, the commercial breaks and stuff Absolutely, like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love when they just sit there, just make. I'm like, oh man, if this was on air, this would be an absolute cluster. Mark. But like, it, it's, oh, it's a good it's a good way of um, kind of letting fans in a little bit on on the stuff that sort of goes goes on during the breaks when you're not. Yeah, learning. it's interesting because that definitely caters to the fan base that they're going after. You know, Absolutely, like yeah. they're going after the smart marks, like like you and I, like yeah, uh, all of us uh, super fans that are really interested not just in the what but the why and the yeah. how of professional wrestling. Uh, to the point where we're absolutely insane. Or if you're like myself or the Jamco, we make our own wrestling show with a video game. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I, I think um, you know, me, me and you kind of have sort of differing opinions on sort of WWE and stuff like that, and that's cool. And I don't check out NXT, and this doesn't come from someone that is, um, you know, anti. I mean, I am or anti WWE, but that's a conversation for the time. But that's not me saying I just hate it from day one. I was a religious WWE fan, and I would watch it week and week in and week out all the time and then it got to a point where i wasn't enjoying it. i was almost watching it out of habit and it was only yeah. when sort of friends reminded me you know they'd see me watching it and i'd be fast forwarding through the whole thing and they're like well why are you fast forwarding it and you know i'm i'm not interested but it's almost like i've, I've got it built in my system to, to check it out and when i eventually decided not to i didn't check out any type of wrestling because it kind of turned me off it was only when your NWAs came out and, and AEWs. I know the independents were kind of, I was checking those out in the run and things like that to PWG. It was when the rumblings of AEW came out that it piqued my interest because back then the, the conversations had always been, you know, if there was another wrestling company, uh, how could it compete with WWE? And it would always be, it would have to be someone from a big entity, a big company like a, a Fox or an American company, Disney, uh, all these kind of ones. And yeah. when the rumblings had come up at All Elite Wrestling, everyone kind of had that, uh, well, how is this going to go? How is this going to go? And, you know, you've got to give it the chance. And I think it was All In that sort of made me think, man, this is some you know great stuff. We brought some of the best independents up here to sort of show that, of course, with the All In, it was, you know, just Cody, just the Bucks, just Kenny doing doing their thing. And, you know, we could we could have a conversation all day about the, the background and, and the history of it and all that stuff. But... I can safely say what I love about AEW that brings me watching it each and every week, and, and I do, you know, catch it each uh, each and every week, is just that old school thing of, you know, when you see storylines of all type of professional wrestling coming. I think even with WWE now, and I think it's a bit complicated. I feel like there's there's a lot of hoo ha and gaga and this that and the other, and it and it just brings it back to characters and stories, just that stripped down simple uh, simple equation rather than we've got so far away from that because it's been done. Whereas this is very much, let's get back to basics here. Let's ship it all down. Let's talk about this guy, this guy, and, and just doing something a little bit different from other professional wrestling companies. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I will say this about uh, my wrestling fandom. You, you talked about going to watch WWE out of habit. Yeah. And in all honesty, I was the same exact way. You know, yes. there's just – like, I, I can't even deny that. Um, but one thing I was lucky about is, like, I started to really get into watching stuff on YouTube and watching all this independent wrestling going on. That's how I found out about what culture pro wrestling was turned into Defiant. Yeah. And I do credit Defiant Wrestling for really, like, reigniting my passion into the uh, the industry. But not only that, but then you also look at uh, – going online and then all of a sudden you're seeing clips from new Japan and then you're 
being reminded, oh yeah, Ring of Honor is a thing. And oh wow, Impact's actually not that bad. You know, uh, people are people are still mad at it for the Hogan years, which is why no one wants to give it a chance. But uh, I I really I really enjoy Impact even to this day. Um, Yeah, it certainly picked itself up from from what it was, and that fans do feel like that. And you do get fans, but they're they're the kind of sectional fans that kind of want to you know crap on everything because that's just the way that they are, and kind of kind of ruin it for for that side. But that's why it's important to support an AEW or or anything like that, because it's sort of looking at it as, okay, this company's come and decided it's going to give you the fan a difference. It's going to give you choice. You know, fans have been moaning for years and years. We need an alternative. We need some alternatives. And the alternative's there. They just kind of want to be that, sit on your soapbox, have a moan about WWE, but then I'm going to be there watching it next week. So that's why it's important to support an AEW, especially that I thought it was important to support them because they're coming out, they're doing something for us. So the, the, the only thing that we can do for them is support them back. And I'm glad I've done that because it's really just mixing things up. And I know we'll go through some, some details with some of the, the matches and things like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, whew, uh, you know, like I'm very happy that AEW exists because now it's to the point, there was always a point where WWE needs to thrive so that the rest of the wrestling industry could thrive. I don't think that's entirely the case anymore. Uh, because of AEW, because WWE is now at a point where storylines are bad. Note that I that I said that I watch NXT, mm. <laughs> you know, and and not anything else, you know. Uh, yeah, it's just really hard, man. Especially like you know, you have to sit there for three hours and watch this show of just, just oh. nonsensical stuff. And really, um, AEW's um, existence highlights the fact that. WWE is only for an audience of one man, whereas AEW is for an audience for everyone else. Yeah. Like one one example I want to show is the or talk about, I should say, is the Nightmare Collective. The Nightmare Collective with Brandy Rhodes, Awesome Kong. Yeah. Um I, I feel terrible. I don't remember the girl's name and uh Dr. Uh, Luther. Yeah, I know I can't remember either. Yeah. I, um, I know you said yeah. Just the presentation of it was just really bad and it clashed with it just felt the same as the dark order, which wasn't really going well at first either, you know, AW has its flaws. I'm not going to say like, yeah. it's the perfect show. Um, but like, if I'm being honest, it's the show I have to watch every week. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, um, it's, it has its, its, its flaws and it's it, at the beginning, of course, it's that kind of train that's kind of just getting going. It's got to, you know, all itself up a little bit more, get a little bit faster, get some sort of stuff behind it, get all the music and the, and the stories and, you know, kind of take characters and make sure they're sort of edged in stone to sort of create something that says, okay, this is who we are now. We found our feet. Now let's get into, let's get into the, the guys and the gals and just sort of making ourselves stand out, whether it be matches or rules or even just, um, just championship titles and things like that to do so. But you saying about, uh, you know, you watching NXT and sort of stories and things. And that's, I feel like that's why I like AEW that I haven't really described is giving back sort of stuff that I thought was missing from wrestling um, from, from, from WWE as well. You know, you, you look at things where many rules that are put in place, which aren't necessarily there anymore to break for heels, for example, whether it be uh, the, the 10 count or, 
you know, coming into the ring for the, the three count, not touching the referee. I mean, as, as stupid as it is for the referee, you never yeah. really remember the referee even being there because, of course, the referee doesn't have to be a, a big play, but it was kind of, you know, screw you, referee, I could, I could throw you and, you know, nothing would happen. But then I think you think about real sport, you know, if you touch the referee, you know, you'd be disqualified out of here. So it's, it's bringing a little bit more reality sports based to, you know, the, the referee makes the call. That's the guy. Don't step over the line. It's kind of, you know, and, and you can see those referees are kind of <laughs> getting over in their own way from their own personalities. Well, well, an interesting thing that you brought up, right? Um, now that you bring up the referees, um, there was a there was a moment with Nyla Rose back in December. It was it was when she got suspended for uh, power bombing Rick Knox through a table. Yeah. That was that was a picture in picture on TNT. That wasn't during the show, like the yeah. actual show. So. It was just like crazy to be watching this commercial about bubbly soda, which is hilarious, <laughs> uh, and how Chris Jericho hasn't tried to contact them about a special like brand deal. I don't know what the hell's wrong with him, but uh, it's just like this calm commercial, and all of a sudden you see in the small picture, Nyla Rose has put <laughs> Shanna through a table, put Rick Knox through a table. All hell is breaking loose, and honestly, I just wish – that they had a, at least one segment every week during the picture in picture where all hell's go- breaking loose. I kind of picture like a Benny Hill thing, and <laughs> and like I know we're gonna I know we're gonna go into the uh, AEW um, the matches for for this weekend, but I just have to say this, man, because wouldn't it it I figured out the only way the twenty four seven championship could could ever work in wrestling and it's not in wwe it's a it's in aw okay. say you have like a serious match like i'll go like ray phoenix versus orange cassidy from last night which we'll get into uh definitely but like let's say like they had a picture in picture break they they brought back picture in picture this week which is telling me that uh world's getting better i guess but yeah um i just i just thought to myself like what if all of a sudden, you saw Gronk just running for his life in the background. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the cameras just focus on Gronk being chased by all these wrestlers who are trying to win the 24-7 title. You have like three or four title changes. And then it ends up back with Gronk. And then they're gone. And then you're back from commercial break. Yeah, that's that's good. That that would sort of highlight the sort of ridiculousness of it. But yeah, I, I like that idea. That's uh, That should be something that should be integrated. Uh, just some sort of Benny Hill like chase, but like don't overdo it. But you know, like yeah, yeah, it, you know. I'm sorry, I just had to say that. <laughs> no, but, it, but it's even even if something is smaller than that, it's the small things that make a difference. Such as you know the picture and pitch. You know, um, right? I remember that being like back when I was a kid, where it, it would be sort of like a, a smallish way, but it would be like small highlights to sort of say, you know, uh, we're, we're leaving the action, but you can still you know check, technically go and check out. You know, I mean, no one likes watching commercials, anyways. In a way, nobody care. But sort of right. going through, going through that sort of stuff. Just again, it's it's the small things that make a difference. I'll probably be saying that a lot through sort of things that we we talk about. But um, I mean, I actually think it's. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. I actually yeah, think cool. it's. I actually think it's really innovative. Like, can you imagine when the NBA comes back and then they have to go to commercial break? Maybe they can go to commercial break and the game is still going in like the smaller. Uh, in like the smaller screen, maybe the stars aren't on the court for that one, but you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the differences that make it rather than, and I think especially what I like about it is if you are a uh, a WWE fan, you kind of get used to 
the WWE way of things, whether it be presentation, wrestling, and just kind of the templated way wrestling's been portrayed to you. So oh, when yeah. you when when you kind of get used to that and you watch it for years and years and years, you you kind of think that that's the way wrestling's portrayed. Even even when it comes to a WWE wrestling style, which is just one style of many many things. And personally, you know, I don't think you should have a particular style because everybody's going to bring their own one. And that's what makes right. it different. And that's what, you know, you, you you watch just one episode of All Elite Wrestling. If you've been watching WWE for flipping 20 years, you'll notice the differences because you'll think, oh, man, I haven't seen that before, whether it be a move or I haven't seen it, you know, portrayed like that backstage segments, even sort of music and just integrating a little bit more uh, sports team in there. But sort of, you know, with it all, of course, um, this sort of year, year later, we've had many, many, many moments. They've, of course, uh, got that contract extension for for D- Dynamite through uh, yeah. 2023, I believe it is. So is amazing! That's they'll have, so I think they'll have another. I think they'll have like another show or something like that, which which will, which 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 that entails. If you're going to have another show, that means uh, you're going to have to, of course, be bringing in more talent as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, AEW's doing doing great, man. Um, like a, a lot of people that are like really hating on it, I feel like you're just hating on it for the sake of hating on it. Like yeah. you know, it, I, I really don't know how you could watch, uh, how you can consider yourself a wrestling fan and try to just be like negative about other wrestling companies. You know, like that, well, this, that's is, this is what I know. this is what I say with people when when they always like, oh AEW this and AEW that, and I'm thinking you like to support small businesses where you are, right? Why do you support small businesses? Because you know where your money's going to. It's going to a, a, a family or, or individual, whereas these big companies, of course, you know, it's going up the chain to a big conglomerate, which is, you know, trade of money here and then everywhere. And yes, I know AEW is technically a little bit part of a, a group of people that are, you know, a little bit higher in the in the football scene. American the football. Khan family, the Khan family. And, yeah. and um, they, they have uh, they have stock in um, in uh, football. Yeah. Uh, uh, so even though they've got their hands in a few buckets and stuff, it's kind of the same thing of, okay, you know, you could give your money to WWE, watch that, or you can come and check this out and, you know, give your money to something which is, you know, going to be building up something for you. You know, it's all for you, the fans. So, but they're the kind of people anyway that bloody won't be happy with anything they give to them anyway. Yeah. It, you know, I'll I'll quote uh, Brian Zane from uh, Wrestling With Re- Regret. Like what you like, but don't be a dick. And we're back to this special podcast for the Box Podcast. This is an AEW Double or Nothing 2020 review. I am AJ Mom. I'm messing up my words. <laughs> what is wrong with me? AJ I'm like, Mamba, say it, man. I got to say it with my chest. All right, well, this is AJ Mamba. <laughs> and right. I am with the Jamco. That's me. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to take over your show? Do you need a couple, uh, uh, you Maybe. Need a... This is the first week, man. It's the first week. I'm new. I'm new to this, all right? Yeah. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, damn it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> I really don't know how to recover from that. All right, well, anyway, <laughs> we're talking about AEW. We're talking about All Elite Wrestling and Double or Nothing, and we, uh, in the first half of this podcast, talked about kind of like the lore and everything that we feel about 
AEW and about professional wrestling in general. But let's get to the point of this podcast in particular. Let's talk about the matches that are happening this Saturday in Jacksonville, Florida at uh, Daly's Place, TIAA Bank Field. <laughs> and there's a total of nine matches. Okay. So uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going off of the uh, the Wikipedia page. And I'm going match by match from the bottom all the way to the top. Total of nine matches. We're going to start off with this particular match, Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Uh, Sean Spears uh, basically made this match happen by himself on Wednesday when he came in with the Sean Spears network and basically issued the challenge. Yes. You know why? Uh, I, I have a kind of a weird thing about Sean Spears in the sense that, of course, he, he came into to AEW as sort of like a, that sort of latest guy from from I think he was the only guy from WWE. No, John Moxley was well. Never mind. Anyway, he came in from uh, from WWE, and you sort of see, uh, as you see with some guys that come out of WWE, who kind of feel like they need some uh, some creative freedom, kind of got the shackles off, as it were, and sort of do their own thing. And uh, you know, they kind of built him up, and then sort of got to a point where you know they had the the heel turn with him, and you know, really sort of building up that Cody Sean Spears kind of match. And then it was kind of weird. I felt like the the steam of course got sort of cut off when he we got into that rivalry with, with Cody Rhodes and then Cody Rhodes beat him and then it was kind of the end of that and then sort of having to build his way back up again which was kind of strange because I felt like that was that sort of the next big heel that they were pushing um right I don't know whether I don't know whether I agree with that uh Cody should have beat him at that because I felt like they could have dragged that that storyline out but it kind of just went to cody and, and mjf and almost recycled literally that storyline again and yeah, that's kind of the only weird thing i think in terms of storylines i can think of that doesn't really make any sense and then of course uh virus separately they were going to have the uh the, the the search for the tag team and, and doing the stuff with telly blanchard which is, is unique as well and uh what have been an awesome thing especially for the uh the, the tag team thing is you know, without the virus and all these releases that would happen, there would have been so many theories and so many things that people would have thought that would have been a really good, um, well, it was a good social media campaign, but it would have been a really good storyline because it, it could have been wide open to to anyone. So sort of a weird up and down with Sean Spears. I think he's in a difficult place because, of course, they're bringing people in and, and doing these other things, and he will be probably be the next person they, they use up. But just a weird kind of journey, I guess, in, in his way sort of into these stories yeah you know uh sean spears uh formerly of uh formerly known as ty dillinger the perfect 10 uh first off he's got the best theme in uh in, in the in the he's got one of the better themes on the roster uh that's a good song uh, yes yes josiah williams did his thing on that one but um you're right like I was really excited, man. Like, you know, he was kind, he was the first big surprise in AEW because when he showed up at number 10 in the Double or Nothing Casino Battle Royal, the crowd went crazy for him. Yeah. Right? And then he turns heel. He becomes the chairman of AEW. He has that spotlight with the chair and everything like that. He's getting heat. And then he has the match with Cody. He loses. And then all of a sudden, he just fucks off. You know? Mm. Like, um, it, it just – it was weird. They tried to put him over – into another feud with Joey Janela, um, which was more so a feud between Tully Blanchard and Joey Janela <laughs> over smoking. 
but um, that's besides the point. <laughs> it, they never really got enough time to kind of like tell that story on television. It was really more so exclusive to AEW Dark. Um, I know that uh, Sean Spears in interviews has said that, you know, he really likes the schedule of AEW because he gets to be part of the show and everything like that. And not only that, but it allows him to uh, run his uh, wrestling school that he has with Tyler Breeze, uh, Flatbacks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe that's kind of – that might be kind of a reason why he cooled off a bit now that I think about it because yeah, he's really yeah. trying to establish that school. Um, but – I think – I just think Sean Spears, um, I feel like he should be in a better position than he is right now. And honestly, he could also be a victim of circumstance because they're trying to get so many other people over that yeah. sometimes in an industry like this, you got to you gotta pull back. You, you got to, like, like, stand in the corner and wait. And then, like, that opportunity will come. Now, I don't know if fighting or defeating Dustin Rhodes – in a random singles match that feels kind of just put together at last minute. I don't know if that's kind of what Sean Spears needs, but I do know that now that he's in this match, he definitely needs to come out victorious if they want to do something with him in the future. Yeah, it's of course it's kind of more of that. Let's just add this, this sort of match to the card and, um, right. I think even I think even as a match it could be quite good. You know, you've got both technicians, both guys sort of do it in the ring, and, and with Dustin Rhodes, of course, Dustin Rhodes is, is still as phenomenal as he ever was. He's doing that DDP yoga, baby. That's what mm-hmm. it's all about. And of course, he's had some weird uh, stories of um, I'm going to retire, and then I'm going to get the piss beat out of me with um, with Lance Archer. So such disrespect <laughs> to Kip to Kip Sabian, though, right? <laughs> Such disrespect to Kip Sabian. If I can't beat Kip Sabian, <laughs> I need to retire. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> he didn't I say that about me. Lance Archer at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's so beat. Uh, but I think with I think with this match, I think Sean Spears wins uh, yeah. because Dustin Rhodes is Dustin Rhodes. He's pretty much an established legend at this point, you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I don't think Dustin Rhodes needs to win this match. I think Sean Spears absolutely needs to win this match because if he loses, then then what the hell? What are we doing? You know, why yeah. are we rehashing this Cody Rhodes thing? You're obviously trying to plant seeds for that to be fully revisited in the future once Cody's done dealing with other, dare I say, more important things at this time. Uh, unfortunately. Sorry to like slight Sean Spears like that, but that's just how it's being presented here. Yeah, I mean that would even be a weird story if they come back to it because it's like, well, why did we go round and then back again? That would be really bizarre. But wrestling's wrestling, I guess. I think you go back to it because Sean Spears could. What what they could build into this whole thing is that Sean Spears never got his mojo going because of that loss to Cody. Maybe yeah. they could build it for a year for the rematch at All Out, and then all of a sudden Sean Spears gets the win or something like that. But, you know, if you're looking to rehabilitate Sean Spears' uh, career somewhat, and yet he has to win this match. There's there's no yeah, other yeah. way around it. He becomes a regular on AEW Dark who disappears from the spotlight if he loses. That's how I feel. Yeah, I'm going with Sean Spears on this one. 
Yeah, me too. I, and uh, I, I, that, I, I feel like Sean Spears should win, and I do pick him to win. But if he does lose, then what the hell do you do with him? Yeah. All right. Uh, next matchup that's uh, listed here is the match that I'm most looking forward to: the Stadium Stampede match. You have Matt Hardy, Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks versus Chris Jericho. Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz, Proud and Powerful. It is the Elite versus the Inner Circle. What do you think of this match? <laughs> well, I think first of all, in my head, I think if I'm a production crew, you know, that's that's going to be a headache to be everywhere, especially if oh, there's God, like, yeah. if, if it splits into like, well, that's like five different things going on. And then if... You, you've got to think about all the spots, what you're going to do with it. And then that, that just seems like a headache to, to plan. And again, doing everything on a football field like that is going to be kind of crazy. And I, I, I guess for the top of my head, I'm just thinking of what kind of spots you could do in the uh, in, in the stadium, whether it be in the seats or, or... I, I think the only thing I think in this is, is there'll just be like a big Matt Hardy moment. It will be just some ridiculous like Vanguard one coming back or <laughs> some stupid shit like that. Wait, who's the who's the uh, who's his like uh, you know like the Spanish dude the old Senor Benjamin? Yes, yes, yes. What if Senor Benjamin shows up and just does like a swanton <laughs> from the top of the stadium Senor. <laughs> to the fifty-yard oh, yeah. line? Because they said they're gonna have a ring set up at the fifty-yard line. At that point, why even have a ring? You know? Yeah, you, yeah. You might as well just go DDT with it, <laughs> DDT Pro. Oh, yeah, man. I, th- I think I think the 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 interesting thing is is going to be everyone's got a sort of issue with each other. It'd be the tag teams and Sammy, and then kind of I guess it makes it difficult as well because I kind of feel like because of the virus and stuff like that, Adam Page and some of the young bucks haven't really been in that sort of more Adam Page in that storyline because of course they've been on quite a strict lockdown for the states that they're in. So yeah. that kind of makes it a bit difficult. So, you know, in circle and stuff's been sort of dragging out a little bit. But of course, I was very that... surprised to see them. Uh, yeah, there. yeah, me too. So, yeah. Um, otherwise, like they were able to like schedule the match. So why the hell wouldn't they be there? But that's besides the point. Um, yeah. The build to this matchup, though, has seen some of the most ridiculous spots I've ever seen on television. First off, <laughs> first off, um, Matt Hardy now has the ability to switch gimmicks mid-match. Yeah. So, like, Can't just think that? about it. Just think about it. Like, he started out as Damascus in that in that uh, street fight and then came back as, like, Hardy Boy Matt Hardy, then got thrown into an ice box <laughs> after hitting some – I think he hit Jake Hager with a bag of ice. That shit's – you can't fake that. Wrestling's not fake. You, you, can, you cannot <laughs> fake getting hit with a bag of ice. Okay, and then he gets thrown in the ice box. He then comes back out of the ice box as <laughs> Damascus, and then gets onto a golf cart. And first off, he hit Jericho with the golf cart. People forget about that. And then he just <laughs> absolutely smacked Sammy Guevara. That's with one a of golf my favorite cart. spots of all time, baby. I'm, I mean, that that cell was very, the, very fantastic. Like, the douche. fact that. The fact that it's in the dynamite intro now is just 
Kafar <laughs> <laughs> just getting hit and just smacked and they're flying. It's, it's ridiculous. I love that uh, from uh, from Sammy Guevara. Like, what do you want me to fucking say? Got hit with a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man. And Kenny Omega on like the the uh, on the lift doing that moonsault is just like <laughs> disgusting. And ah oh, man. It's just it's, ridiculous of Kenny Omega and, and Matt Hardy with those deranged look on their faces pointing at Sammy Guevara as they as they drive. I mean, that's professional wrestling, that is, man, 101. Yeah, I never thought, like, how perfect of a tag team Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy really are just with their facial expressions. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I would love to see, like, uh, a, a deletion of some kind where, like, Kenny Omega is with Matt Hardy in some way shape or form i feel like this stadium stampede is going to turn into sort of kind of a final deletion yeah uh production i feel like you know but then i think as well you know do they have to keep it in the stadium will it go outside but like it could go outside and then come back i think the absurdness of the fact that it's happening on a in the middle of a football field it, where there's no fans is is the uh most beautiful thing about it you know this is this is wrestlemania <laughs> I, I, f- I feel the the elite kind of are going to get the win on this one because of of course all the all the stuff they've had previously when it came to uh the young bucks and uh, proud and powerful that was some stuff there i know jk coming in with the dustin rose thing but that's a little bit separate um and i have a slight feeling and I, I, again i don't know if it's gonna be 100 percent. i'm kind of yes i'm kind of know of, of adam page kind of doing a little bit of a swerve or maybe not having the hint of a swerve and they just keep that going for a while just to see if they're going to put the inner circle over but of course have the the controversial well such and such happened right um i have some controversial thoughts on what i think is going to happen in this match and Will it happen? Probably not, but I think AEW has done a great job in not following a WWE formula where you really don't know where things are going yeah. in, in matches like this. Um, because the reality is all the picks we make uh, all the picks we make today, realistically, they could be all wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, but Here's where I'm going with this, and I'm going completely crazy. Like if if I was booking this for DWF, that's that's how I'm that's how I'm looking at this, right? First off, Matt Hardy at some point throughout this entire match is going to go through every single gimmick. We're going to see version one. We're going oh, to yes. see Matt Hardy will not die, um, which means that's the Matt Hardy that gets beat up all the damn time. Um, <laughs> we're going to see Big Money Matt. We're going to see the original Broken Matt. We're going to see Damascus. We're going to see Hardy Boy Matt. Um, <laughs> we're, we're just going to see every single Matt Hardy, right? And then you, I you feel could, you like... Could have, you could have something like Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho kind of like going through the years, couldn't you? Yeah, you could. You could. Jericho could all of a sudden have a list. Jericho could all of a sudden have the <laughs> list, but then switch to having the list he had for Dane Malenko. Oh man, he could be the Ayatollah. He could turn into Mongoose McQueen. It, it, there's so much that you could do with it, man. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 so I see that happening with Matt Hardy. Do I think the Elite win? Yes, I do think the Elite wins this match. 
But I think something crazy has to happen in this match. And I'm not even talking about a spot. I'm talking about a moment. Can we have Sammy Guevara get run over with golf cart again? Ah, you'd probably kill it. If anything, Sammy Guevara might get his revenge. Yeah, true, true. You know, um, but Guevara's going... The, the sad thing is, I'm a Sammy Guevara fan. There's no way this match doesn't happen without him getting absolutely destroyed somehow. Oh, He's yeah. going to get his ass kicked. <laughs> He'll be There's the no one to take... See, I don't know how you how you protect Jake Hager in this. Um, Just have him kick people in the balls. You, you got to knock him out. Yeah, knock I him mean... out. Or better yet, lock him in somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You've got to do something to kind of sort of take him off the off the screen in a sense towards like a, a burying him in a something or yeah putting something where he's kind of locked away from everything but done or, in a way that isn't or uh, or you could throw him off a roof that is now that. that is now a thing that can happen in wrestling yeah, you know? yeah i heard about that because like great mysterio announcer black is thrown off a roof and then they show up the next day like yeah you know we were lucky because there was another roof. I can't stand <laughs> WWE sometimes. That's so stupid. There was another <laughs> roof. <laughs> Just give him six months off, damn it. Is that what they said? Release Rey Mysterio. That was your, that was your out. Then you brought him back and just had him like get his ass kicked. Yeah, no, that's what happened. That's what happened. Mysterio gets thrown off a roof. The next night on Raw, the very next night, he's not selling anything. They do a promo with Charlie Caruso, who's a goddamn robot and gets on my last nerves, although I would like to ask her out on a date. Uh, Wouldn't happen. Uh, But, you know, Rey Mysterio's just sitting there like, yeah, you know, Alistair and I were really lucky, you know. uh, There was another roof there, and we just, (laughs) just landed on that roof. Such a so now Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio team together because they cheated death. That's such a that's such a Vince thing. Well, you know, pal, they uh they can't die if there's another roof. That man needs to retire. Uh, but that, that's besides the point. Oh my God! Yeah, stick with the the elite and <laughs> yeah. Uh, Please bring it back. Uh, no. <laughs> I'll probably keep with the uh, with with the elite and Matt Hardy, especially uh for, for this one. I think. Yeah, the the crazy thing that I'm talking about, by the way, is Kenny Omega. Okay, uh, Kenny Omega, if you've noticed, has been kind of an afterthought in this entire feud because, you know, Matt Hardy is the guy that you're trying to put over because he's the newest and he's aligned with the elite. Plus, he's absolutely insane. How do you not put him on TV? Okay, um, Adam Page is the most over superstar. In AEW, I think he has passed Cody Rhodes. I think yeah. so. Uh, and all he needed to do was have, an, was have a drinking problem. Yep. Um, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, they've been gone. So now seeing them back, you're like, holy shit, the Young Bucks are back. That's great, right? Mm. And you, and they still tease that tension between Paige and and the Elite, mainly the Young Bucks, okay? Yeah. Um, but Kenny Omega's just kind of there he's just like an afterthought you know so here's my thought what if kenny omega turned heel yeah it's a very interesting uh, idea yeah like what what if kenny omega turned heel and walked off uh from adam page 
It was just like, I'm sick of your crap. I've been trying to, like, contact you. I've been trying to, like, just hold everything together for the team and everything like that. But you want to always just get in your head about stuff. Like, you know, he could really go off and he could be justified, too. You know, and then I think that's when... That makes sense in a way, because if you're teasing Adam Page to turn heel, it's like, well, that doesn't work because he's ridiculously over. Yeah. So that's like cutting that really quick. Yeah. And I, I think Adam Page is the red herring, you know, uh, and so are the Young Bucks. Um, you keep looking at Matt Jackson like he's going to be the the one that's like obviously the heel. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's Kenny. I really do. I think it's Kenny Omega. That's a very interesting one. That'll be a, an interesting thing because you say about him being an afterthought, and I, I agree that's certainly true. But I think that's also a good thing sometimes because you be that uh, that man that could do the 15-minute matches, you know, all over the place, and you know, be that that the best wrestler in the world. I think having that back is a little bit of a difference, probably a little bit of a change, probably better on his body as well to yeah. have that back. So then, when they do eventually pull the trigger on him being a heel or, or being a bit more singles focused, it'll turn into, Oh crap. Yeah. Kenny Omega. I remember what Kenny Omega was or, Oh yeah. I forgot he was there. So it still isn't a predictable. Oh, we knew they were going to do that. Right. Right. No one's thinking about it. You know, like no one, no one's picking this up. And even if this isn't the original plan right now, all your plans have been thrown off the deep end because of this pandemic. Why mm-hmm. not? Have a run of Kenny Omega being a heel dickhead. Uh, and just now that Adam Page and the Young Bucks are back, like you could really do this. You could revisit the Kenny Omega Cody Rhodes feud. Because, like, even, yeah. even now, like, they still hint at the fact that Cody and Kenny don't really like each other storyline wise. Yeah. Like, but they, but they still respect each other, you know, to the point yeah. where they're all part of the elites. You could, you could, you could revisit that. I'm just saying, but. Uh, but then another thing like i also see adam page being the one to kind of put the team on his back like greg jennings and just somehow some way being the one that wins this match and defeats the inner circle gets his win over jericho to kind of get that like mental um mental block uh from under him you know you know the stuff we're talking about. This is this is why you know I love AEW, and, and this brings me back my love for professional wrestling because we're we're talking about these small things about you know Adam Page doing this and Kenny Omega that and all these stories within a story, and that's what it's all about. It's about that old school storytelling, and that's what gets us talking you and I yeah. about these things because that's what we have picked up and that's what they want you to pick up on, and that's how we've got these theories. And I think you know that's why I enjoy this 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 product because there's just so much more to it than just the one story. And it's the small nuances that always make a difference. Yeah, I agree. Uh, now watch none of that shit we said happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. But we're both picking the elite to win, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, they have to win like inner circles been just beating their asses, but let's move on. Um, our next matchup is a the buy-in match, and it's got implications. I like a pre-show match that means something. Yeah. You know? Uh, private Party, uh, consisting of Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, they're going up against best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent. I ain't going to waste too much time on this one. Best friends better win. Yep. With yes. you. 
especially with uh, all the all the work they've been putting in on that 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 sort of that quarantine taping as I call it because of the uh, the six seven tapings in one go they've pretty much been all over that so I kind of feel like it'd be like a bit of a reward for their for their work plus even since the beginning of this they've been consistently on any dynamite or any dark so I feel like that's two guys that they uh, need to prove. don't do a lot of promos which I think should be a little bit more of it but I feel like that's kind of your next the next push kind of ones I feel like you know. All right, first off for promos, okay? I feel like like this online thing of Chuck Taylor wanting to say the word shit on TNT. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be a storyline. Like every time he gets ready to like talk on TV, he just gets cold feet and then they could just they could just like make that like a be a being the elite thing with a backstory of just like Chuck just being like, "I know I had that moment. I'm not even scripted. I could have <laughs> Damn it, you know. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, that's just that's just wishful thinking. But I, yeah, like best friends are like definitely the MVPs of the of the uh, classic like house show era that I'm calling uh, those uh, those matches in that gym. I mean, this could be a hidden show stealer though. You know, they'll put one hell of a match on all four of those well, guys. Pr- well, private parties dope, man. Like, I don't know what yeah. the hell they're doing on being the elite. Their story's confusing as hell right now. But I will say this, like, especially if it's a pre-show match, um, private party is fucking amazing. Okay. Yep. Um, Mark Quinn is like a standout. Isaiah Cassidy's great too. But like they're they're amazing. So they're definitely gonna showcase their shit, but like best friends are going to win this match. Have you been invited to many private parties in your time? Believe it or not, yes, I have. Ooh, that sounds you know? very, uh, very like for the uh, lucrative type of people. Uh, LA was an interesting time in my life. <clears throat> well, I think that's a, that's a podcast in itself. <laughs> oh, it sure is. Uh, <laughs> all right, and um, the next matchup is uh, a match that I'm worried about. And before we continue, I just want to point out, Mac Jackson uh, actually suffered a rib injury on Dynamite. The, he's getting checked on today. I haven't heard an update about it yet, but um, they're saying either bruise or broken ribs, which if you go cinematic with the Stadium Stampede, then that helps with that. But uh, this next match, I don't know if it's happening. It might get canceled. It might uh, – they might replace the injured superstar uh, – they might go in a different direction, or it might actually happen. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this, but it's basically, it's Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Chris Statlander. And I was really, really looking forward to this match because I'm just sitting here like, oh, shit, finally. Like, the women's division has multiple storylines going on. You know, you have a rivalry here. Um, but if you watch Dynamite uh, this past Wednesday... Britt Baker suffered a knee injury. It looked pretty bad. It looked disgusting, okay? And what happened was in the middle of the match, it was a tag team match where she teamed with the champ Nyla Rose going up against Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander. Statlander and Shida did a double team move to Nyla Rose, um, putting her on her shoulder, on their shoulders, and basically threw her at Britt Baker, who was laying in the top left-hand corner of your screen. Uh, Nyla's entire body lands directly on Britt's leg. 
Okay. Britt ends up like crawling to her corner, tagging out. And then Nyla finishes the match looking like an absolute beast, no pun intended, and winning that match. Um, but you could tell like something was definitely wrong with Britt Baker. Um, because she didn't even take part in the post match stuff. She got carried off to the back. Uh, I hope she's okay. And let, let me let me just say some things about Britt Baker, okay? Because the internet wrestling community shits on her a lot, okay? And I disagree wholeheartedly. Now her face run was not that great. I'm not gonna lie to you. But once she started turning keel and started to really rag on Tony Schiavone, I just I got a <laughs> kick out of that, you know. And she's doing like this this role this role model um, gimmick now as as a dentist, um, which is hilarious to me, uh, especially like when people think like she stole it from Bailey, but like Bailey didn't start calling herself a role model until after Britt Baker did. So I don't know who the hell you uh, you go after with that. But um, AJ, did you know that she's a dentist? I did not. Is that what DMD means? Yeah, I, I didn't know if you knew because, you know, they, they keep telling you every week. So I just wanted to make sure you knew that. Oh, wait. I just looked up what DMD stands for. It stands for the man dentist. The man dentist. I, yeah. I was actually going to say the same thing you were saying about about Britt Baker. I, I think as much as she gets rad on for the uh, wrestling stuff, you take the wrestling stuff out of it, her work life is, like, insane. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it's something like... She has a, 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 a dentistry. She's got a, a sort of place of work there. I know she. It was something like I remember her saying something. She'll she'll be like closed on a Wednesday and then fly into wherever AEW Dynamite is like super late Tuesday or maybe Wednesday and then as, as soon as she's done the Dynamite taping, she'll be um, out to get back to Orlando for like Thursday morning and then she goes straight back to work. And I'm like that's just insane isn't it it's like cutting it so short that, that is your, your sort of weekly dentistry wrestling it's what, what a weird kind of dynamic yeah 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 uh but i love it you know it's it's yeah. so cool uh that that she does that shit like that you know it's got to be exhausting but if you love what you do then it you know are you really exhausted in a bad way you know um, yeah i mean the good thing about it is which, which you don't get necessarily with some is you know if, if wrestling goes pear-shaped at least she's got that to fall back on rather than sort of you know sort of going around the independence or, or figuring out sort of what other type of profession they want to go out so at least she's got that as backup but and vice versa you know like yeah, yeah. like right now we're talking about she had an injury if she if she's in a late cash she could still practice her dentistry yeah absolutely you know? so you know adam cole did good Baby, he did. I think uh, I think Britt Baker will probably take the win on this one. I think. Uh, you think Britt Baker wins this? Yeah. Uh well, if we're if we're if we're booking this as if we're picking as if it's going to happen, um, I, I say I say Britt Baker wins as well, and it, it really it's not even because of Chris Statlander or anything like that. It's really because of the next match that I'm getting ready to bring up now. Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida, no disqualification and no countout for the women's world title. And I honestly believe Hikaru Shida wins the title. Do you? Yes, yes. Really? The reason why, yes, I do. And I know that makes uh, Nyla Rose a transitional champion and whatnot. But Hikaru Shida has been, like, 
there's just this thing about her that people are getting like really annoyed with, you know. She has been number one contender for about 17 years. No <laughs> one has moved her. Okay. <laughs> the last time she lost a singles match was to Chris Statlander. And Chris Statlander immediately got a title shot, you know? It's it's almost like justice for Hikaru here. Okay. Like, get your win, get your kendo stick back, whack Nyla Rose like crazy, and damn it, say wham when you hit Nyla Rose with your with your kendo stick. <laughs> That would be amazing if you're just hitting Nyla Rose with the kendo stick and you just go wham, wham. I'm being an idiot, but that's besides the point. She could also play the piano. She's great. She needs to win. <laughs> well, well, I'm wondering. That's a bit of a short title reign, though, for her, which, which for me is like that would – surely they can't take the title off of that quickly. I think – you know what? I think that would be cool, though. It would, it would also – I – listen – I think Nyla Rose is like the an awesome monster that everyone should chase. But I do think that there's money in a feud with Hikaru Shida. Like I think those two are pro- pretty much your standard bearers right now. Uh with Britt Baker and Chris Statlander kind of being like your uh your uh supporting cast, you know? Um but if you build it with Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida, I, like, I don't care. Like, just make make it like a main event feud, you know? Like, have it have, like, three months of back and forth with these two, you know? I would love to see how Nyla Rose reacts to losing the title to Hikaru Shida. Hmm, that is an interesting take, you know, with, with, with that. And, you know, there, there might be a way of her, you know, doing some big stunt with Nyla Rose, maybe put through a table or, or something like that where... Yeah. Um, you know, does something like that, but you know, I'm I'm going with Nyla Rose with this one. Okay, this is the first time we've disagreed. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, so you're going with Nyla Rose, dude. Yep. But Nyla Rose losing the title just makes me want to tune in Wednesday to Dynamite to see just how much hell she raises. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 thing. I just I just feel from from my point of view, it just seems like a bit of a like it just continues to rain on, but I guess we'll see. But then Nyla Rose wins, so then you have Britt Baker challenge Nyla next because you gotta believe that Britt versus yeah. Statlander, that's essentially a number one contenders match, even though they're not calling it that. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. Okay. Well, then that would be interesting. Well, Maybe I think not... it's, I think that it's sort of limited with what they've got with women because what they were doing before was bringing a lot of these girls in that were sort of being unique. Where it was Shana and Big Swole, and Big Swole know... was in the crowd. By yeah, the way. I know, I know. That's uh... and, and that and that freaked me out because, like, you know, she her 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 she's she's at risk more than most. You know? Yeah, yeah, I know, and that's why I was like, oh, so she is around, so if, she, if she's going to be used or not, but I know that was who they were pushing Big Swall a lot, so I don't know if that's going to play into, because they were trying to do that with Britt Baker, if you remember, so I don't know where that's going, or if, if it will happen. Right. Uh, well, we'll see. We will. We shall see um, what happens. Women's division is in its best, uh, uh, is the best it's looked the entire run of AEW so far, which, you know, honestly didn't really take much for that because they kind of were, uh, it, it, it wasn't that great at first. And that's not a knock on Riho or anything like that. It's just kind of 
you know, I, I like where they're going with the women's division. Right yeah, now. it's 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 a it's a work in progress like anything else. I know everyone's trying to compare it to NXT, and I'm like, you you got a, a company that's literally starting from scratch, trying to build up. You know, I remember NXT being like that when it first started. You, you're comparing a, a company that's you know been around for a couple of months at that time anyway, and then right. NXT that's got like what like five years ahead of it. So you're trying to introduce characters at the same time of trying to build it. So you know, you got to give it time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the next match. It is uh, a casino ladder match. Winner gets a future AEW World Championship match. Uh, nine people in this match. And if, like, the spot fest from Wednesday is an indication of anything, this oh match is going to be insane. Uh, so let me run through the people that are in this match. You got Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy. Ray Phoenix is still in it, even though he landed directly yeah. on his back. They, they, they're they saying, like, it's Ray Phoenix. He's fine. And, like, they checked on him. He's like, he's fine. Guys, can we make sure that when we uh, are looking for someone to land, that we catch them and not leave them to yeah, fly to their floor? I don't care if you – look, man. Like, one thing I was taught uh, was, like, it. you need to catch that guy. Even if you get hurt – yeah. yeah, caught the guy because that guy is putting his life on the line, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but anyway, Darby Allen, Coca Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and to be determined, uh, a surprise ninth entry. Um, so first off, before we pick who we think is going to win the match, who do you think that mystery entrant is? Well, where do we begin? Uh could be well, any fucking body. Well, right? it is, and they've not. They've. If you look this long commentary, they never say, "Oh, and there's a mystery uh, tenth person. Who's it going to be?" It's just been, "We have nine competitors. We have nine competitors." No one's even tried to hint who's the mystery competitor, and they never even said anything about it, which I find quite interesting because right. why haven't they addressed it? It's almost as if it's kind of we're not going to address it because we're going to make out that it's nine, and then it will just be, "Oh, we've got one more. Bang." Uh, well, yeah, no, it's the ninth entrant that's the TBA. Yeah, um, sorry, the ninth. Yeah. So they've announced eight. The question is, um, the only, the only, the only person I'm thinking of, of is, and that's of course from the, the details around where it's been um, hinted with the the guys being trying to do copyright the only person i'm thinking it could be is matt cordana which is um zach Ryder. uh can't be his uh 90 day no, no compete all ah, right never mind then i mean the, 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 it's all right you just crushed my dreams there but i forgive you <laughs> i know because i thought it too and i was just like oh my god woo 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 but no okay never mind i mean the only person i'm thinking that it could legitimately work would be jeff cobb yeah um, maybe. Or, now here's a swerve for you. We're all thinking it's someone who's going to be in it in terms of outside, right? And I don't know what they're like financially, if they can do that or whatever, which is um, a, a possibility. But I think someone had a theory out there, which I thought was quite interesting. What if MJF works his way into it? That would be brilliant. Uh, I thought about that. That would be amazing. Um Wow, because you got, of course, MJ wow. would have his would have his match early on, and then you know they'd probably do like the which we'll get onto it later because we haven't actually discussed that yet. But that match side, and then if he wins, or even if he loses, 
he just works his way into that match, and that would be like a big like swerve, I think maybe. Yeah, uh, that that would be amazing. Um, I have two options, although that MJF thing seems like if uh, of of anything, I could see that definitely happening. You yeah. know, uh, but here's my two options. Option one, Pineapple Pete. I like him. I like Pineapple him, Pete. Put him. Put him in, put him in the den with the sharks. Yeah, you, like just, just put him in the den. He has a T-shirt now. Do it, just do it. Um, especially since Sugar Dunkerton, he was like, he's like amazing, man. Like I, I found out about him from watching stuff in Europe. Um, and now to see him in uh, AEW has been. What's this? What's this thing where they say he's he was from Leeds in England? Uh, I believe he he's lived there for a while, going uh, while doing the independent scene in Europe. Right, right, right. What a what yeah. a unique place to live, Leeds, and then all the way over to uh, America. Very strange. But I didn't know. It. I was trying to find out about it, but I couldn't find anything about it because they always say like from Leeds, and I was like, what? <laughs> what the hell but that was a strong strange. what for me that was that was, that was like a, a well but um uh but pineapple pete or i was thinking um just looking situational all right so this this name i'm gonna bring up his contract technically has expired with wwe and he oh, wasn't released it was just expired he had a match on smackdown a great match uh, that I actually watched, it was like, damn, you let him go? Um, yeah. And then it expired. Yeah, I, I know where you're going with that, yeah. Drew Gulak. What if he just walks out there, right, and just shows up and just like, hey, guys, I'm Drew Gulak. Um, I'm here to be what Daniel Bryan could have been for you, but even better because I'm younger. <laughs> yeah, that is, a, that is a possibility, yeah. I've, I've heard a couple people say uh, maybe that. That is uh, – a strong possibility that would be a, almost a, a unique, you know, being in WWE one week and then AEW the next. Yeah, but I just think, man, I, I don't know. Like, I think that MJF uh, call is is probably right on the money, for real, for real. Yes, it's a possibility just in terms of thinking of, when I'm looking at the card, I'm thinking, well, you know, if, if we're not financially able to grab someone else and do all that contract stuff, if we could actually do a swerve, it ends up being someone like, uh, you know, who's already on the Russell MGF, but you know, it's just theory. Yeah. Or like if it's Pac somehow, that would be hilarious. It's like, no, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah. But like, that's not possible because is international travel even possible right now? No. Well, this is why it gets really confusing for me because the answer to that is no. But then I'm like, well, why did he come back and why is Kip Sabian still there? And then does Kip Sabian live there? I'm really confused with that whole situation. Kip, Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, and Jimmy Havoc all live together in Florida. Right. Um, the one that you should be kind of like, what the hell about is Jungle Boy because he was in Mexico when the lockdown happened. Uh, right, okay. So, and so is Pentagon. Pentagon Jr. is in Mexico. He's not there, but Ray yeah, Phoenix yeah. was stuck in America. That's that's the weirdo weird things of people like Pentagon Junior who are stuck in certain areas and people who aren't. So yeah, that's always because there's people you forget. Oh yeah, he forgot about him. He's in AEW and you go. Yeah. Oh, wait. And so it's all the countries are, are different in, um, like when we're talking about um, oh, what's the flipping name? I've forgotten her name now. Got girl who's um with Will Ospreay. 
Oh, uh, B Priestley. That's the one, yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff as well. A bit sort of weird. Which, well, even Shana and all that stuff. So you know. Yes, I'm, 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 I'm very upset. Shana's not around. <laughs> yeah, Boy, that's. that's uh, I, I can, I can tell you that there will. This will probably be the spot fest of, of all, of all the matches. I see Darby Allen jumping off something. I see Ray Phoenix, uh, jumping off something. You've got. All these guys who are, I mean, you've got, you know, how agile, you know, Ray Phoenix is. I mean, he's one of my favorites right now in terms of just how, you know, how quick he is. And the agility on that man is insane. Do you you remember that leg drop he did in the match with Orange Cassidy where he's on the outside and he just goes off the bottom rope with his right foot, leaps into the air, leg drops, staring at hard camera the entire time. It's, It's ridiculous, man, how... I'm not even going to say, oh, the high flying moves you can do because those people do a high flying. But it's just the the way, the quickness, that kind of that cat like quickness that he can do on things is, is and just makes it look like it's nothing. Yeah, like he he's he's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we've got to talk about that 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 random <laughs> that random drop kick to Orange Orange Cassidy at the um at the top of the stage. I know it was just like douche. Coming right in with the foot, go bang. <laughs> Yo, Arch Cassidy's in this match too. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I, it's it's interesting how many kind of players you've got here and what 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 you've got going on. But this will be like a ridiculous, uh, you know, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio uh-huh. Sky, Kip, Kip Sabian as well, doing all those. Uh, and then Luchasaurus, who's probably just going to run through everyone. Oh my god, uh, Luchasaurus is in this thing. Oh my god, what the fuck? Um, Kip Sabian, like, do people realize that Kip Sabian took, like, an obnoxious bump last night? Uh, I mean, at, uh, for uh, Wednesday night for Dynamite, we're filming this on a Thursday. Are you talking about the one where he's at the top of the ladder? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm just sitting here like, what? <laughs> like, they just they tipped him over. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this segment's not over? <laughs> like, he just drops. Like, oh, my God. You know, it's Cole interesting. In it's, in, it too. it's interesting like, when you've got all all those guys in there because um, what one one thing I'm thinking of is if you've got all these guys here, like let's just say, because if let's be honest, if it was the MJF, you know, uh, theory, then of course he would take it away. But it's who would you if that was not correct? Who would you would take as? The kind of one that would go because the only person I'm thinking of is, is realistically is Darby Allen. But it's not going to be Darby Allen. You know why? Why? Because they've been they've been. Um, I feel like it's not going to be Darby Allen because Taz has been talking to Darby. Yeah, yeah. Backstage, saying like, yeah. you know, I I could help you. And Darby's like, I don't need help. I don't need help. I'm brooding. Ugh. Darby could end up like, um, could end up losing this match, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay. Yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, I that was, that was a, yeah, I was, I was thinking about that with the, with the Taz thing, but that could make sense what we do that. But then I'm like, well, who the hell do you go with next? Luchasaurus. Um, no, because Luchasaurus, um, I think, I think Luchasaurus is a big deal, but I think his injury definitely ha- uh, halted him. Uh, back when uh, they were, they were in my hometown in Philly, and Luchasaurus was supposed to have the match. With Jungle Boy versus the Lucha Brothers, it turned out to be Marco Stunt and right. uh, Jungle Boy because Luchasaurus had the injury. Um, yeah, you know, 
I still kick myself, man. I, I could have gone to that, but I didn't. <laughs> like an idiot. But, oh well. That's besides the point. Uh, my, I, I'm in between two picks, and I okay. have reasoning for it. So maybe maybe you can help me kind of resolve in this. First off, unless it's MJF, that two that TBA ain't yeah. gonna win. Um, Scorpio Sky had some interesting like promo uh, during the um, yeah doing during the house show times. You know, like they made a point to spotlight him in particular. You know, not necessarily SCU, but him. Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. So. Even though he already had a, a world title shot, they they could they could possibly be trying to like get ready for this full blown push of Scorpio Sky and having Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels be the tag team again. Yeah, that's that's a strong possibility. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's something you you could you could sort of take them away and of course they were doing that back and forth with Chris Jericho to sort of pr- prove that he could be in a, in a main event thing and and create something with someone that of course that's gone somewhere else so that's yeah i guess that's a possibility for it i'll probably yeah. do only one only one that probably works i guess and then uh the other option believe it or not is kind of coming out of left field but i feel like him winning would be out of left field but if you really think about it he's a former nwa champion twice he is one of the biggest names from the independent scene over the past 20 years and he's actually the guy that inspired the young bucks to do being the elite what if Colt Cabana won this thing? You know. Yeah, that would make sense. It, on on paper, you think, uh, but then actually, if you thought about a storyline of Colt Cabana yeah. versus, you know, a John Moxley, that you know, that's that still works as a as a babyface. Yeah, I guess that could work too. Yeah, like this could be kind of like the thing. Like I'm I'm picturing how they booked uh, Colt Cabana versus Nick Aldis in the NWA match in China, uh, and how yep. they built that story. You could build the story the same way here without it having to be like, well, we hate each other. Because I think uh, AEW's done a pretty good job of, like, you know, face versus face matches being able yeah. to happen. Um, yeah. Because, like, it's a sport that would realistically happen, you know? Like, Colt Cabana, you know, is is a very marquee name. Now, he hasn't really seemed that way um, since being on AEW. He's been kind of like a great utility guy. Yeah. But like everywhere he goes, he's a great utility guy. I think like Colt's definitely someone that could very well go after the world title. Um, and at least be a great contender for it. Him winning it. I don't know. But like, if you, if you're looking for something, uh, for like a storyline in between now and the next, uh, AEW pay-per-view, I think having a little uh, storyline with Colt Cabana uh, chasing the AEW championship would be actually a lot better than people think. Right, I'm gonna put my foot down and 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 stop being a wuss and decide being. Decided. I am gonna go with my original theory of MGF coming in and winning the whole thing. All right. I just want to point out, neither one of us picked Orange Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, because come on, are you serious, like, bro? Like honestly. If it happens, I'm not really going to be that shocked. And I'm a big Arch Cassidy fan, don't get me wrong. But, like, come on, man. Like, I, I want to see Arch Cassidy get the TNT championship and then defend that every week, being a sloth. Like, that would be amazing. World title, give me, like, a year of Arch <laughs> Cassidy matches on TV first. 
Can you imagine you know? if he won a title and he would just not be bothered? Oh my god. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's gonna like, be like the only big moment of someone just being like, Yeah, I won the title, whatever. Yeah, like but like build it up for a year, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, man, like because the thing is, like, he's still like whatever about everything. <laughs> but that match with Ray Phoenix was fucking amazing. Oh like, yeah, better he could than rest his ass off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to be in uh, Chikara. He he was masked yeah. in Chikara, so I used to see him all the time. Cause Chikara's in Philadelphia, and like you know, you could go to the that warehouse and see a show all the time. You know, so whenever you think of Chikara, when you think of Orange Cassidy, it just makes sense that like Orange Cassidy and Chikara just. It, it goes together like, you know, a sandwich. It's, yeah, of course. Plus, Orange Cassidy, uh, you know, lives in Philly with Chuck Taylor, you know? Ah, right, right. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's home, hometown people. But still, I, I, I think out of the two people, I'm going to pick... I, I'm going to just say, fuck it, I'm going to pick Colt Cabana. Okay. You know, I'm probably wrong, but I'm okay with that. All right, he's All picked right. it. The next matchup on this list... It's for the AEW World Championship. It is John Moxley defending against Brody Lee, who happens to have possession of the AEW World Championship. Uh, before you make your pick, let me ask you okay. a question. How do you feel about Brody Lee in AEW? I think it's gone uh, okay. I, I listened to his podcast with, with Chris Jericho, of course. I know some of them have done it after they've I've got released. And I just see Brody Lee as a guy who, you know, wanted to have his, his, his teeth sort of sunk into something and wasn't really be able to with WWE because of, you know, different ideas of what he is and that kind of, oh, he should be that, you know, South American, you know, drawl that is just dumb and stuff and... He, yeah. he can of he can of course talk and experience that. I think bringing them in the dark order works too. I think it fits in, um, and I like the the character of being the cult leader. And I think it's going okay. Probably just uh, need to bring in the the relationships with Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. But I'm guessing because the uh, virus stuff hasn't had to work, they need to bring that all together. I think in terms of because that hasn't really happened yet. Yeah. Um. Honestly, yeah. Like, I I wish. Uh, there was a way to to kind of include them in the story, but I think what they've done with the Dark Order so far, believe it or not, I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. To tell you the truth, I didn't think I would, but first off, Brody now like I know like oh he's from upstate New York, like you know you you could just tell with his uh voice and everything like that. And now I'm just kind of sitting here like, well, why the hell did he play like a country bumpkin? Yeah, uh, for the wife and we. Because of how he looked, yeah. that's prejudice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but well, I'm, I'm just thinking about what I just said. It, it kind of, when you think about it, the story doesn't make sense. You got Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, hyping it up, hyping it up, hyping it up, hyping it up, being a part of it. Then they bring him in, then they disappear, and then he takes full control. And then it's like, where are the other two? So, in terms of the story, it doesn't really make sense. No, it, I, I disagree with that because when they were talking about the, the the exalted one, they made it out like that's their leader and that's yeah. who who is near, uh, and that's who they're looking forward to to seeing. Now, obviously, there probably would have been different beats in the story if it wasn't for the pandemic. Yeah. But like, what can you do? I guess uh, I'm just meaning with the relationships with those guys and him and the rest of the 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 groups. I kind of we haven't seen that sort of hierarchy thing yet. Right. And I'm looking forward to to seeing that. Um, they tried to like do something interesting when they made um, 
what's his name, Preston Vance, they made him join the Dark Order and kind of highlighted him as kind of like a a main guy in the Dark Order as 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 ten. But yeah. I think his I think his run is over because they basically broke his arm. So now he's <laughs> so I think he was just there as a pawn that they hyped up and everything like that. Uh, yeah. To the point where now he's he's just basically not a thing anymore. So I'd be surprised if we see Ten again, which sucks because I was just like, oh, that's great. But um, this storyline, John Moxley wins. Like, there's no other way around it. Like, you know, I'm surprised that John Moxley actually won the title from Chris Jericho in the first place. I thought Chris Jericho was going to have a longer reign. I know there's stuff behind. Jericho's going to go away and do all this rock stuff, but um, no. I, I didn't. I didn't honestly see it happen at that point. Um, part of me felt it, uh, because during that pay per view they announced blood and guts. Yeah, and I just said to myself, I think Jericho's. I think Jericho has has done what he did. It was like the perfect. Uh, to me, it was like the perfect amount of time for him to reign as champion. And honestly, now you're at a point where it's just like, okay, it'd be cool to see someone else with the title. And then John Moxley won the title, and that was well done, and that was perfect, you know. So I, I, I think, I actually think that the run was fine, and I'm glad that Moxley won it. I think it sucks that Moxley hasn't had really a proper reign because of this uh, pandemic, but yeah. I think it's as good as you can get. Um, and I think this storyline is intriguing. You know, what, what I think a lot of people are are not expecting is how good this match is going to be. Because here's the thing. They had an amazing, an amazing match yeah. in WWE. Absolutely. For the time that they had. It wasn't even that long of a match. They had an amazing match. Now Brody Lee has creative freedom to do what he wants in the ring. You've seen how John Moxley has been this entire year. It's it, it's to the point where I forget that Dean Ambrose existed. Absolutely. You know? um, Their styles not, mesh, so that can be a, a clinic of a match that could be put on in, in, in the ring, certainly. Yeah, and Brody can go, man. Brody can definitely go. So I think, but I do think John Moxley wins this match. Brody yeah. Lee uh, is going to have a great showcase. And then after that, I actually don't know what you do with the Dark Order after that. Well, uh, I guess it would be the, the relationships with the other, which which I guess is um, what I mentioned, because that's only the, the most reasonable uh, thing. And then I guess, you know, maybe members of the Dark Order and just, I guess, you know, typical things that happen in kind of cult-like groups of people turning. And yeah. I, I don't know, but, you know, just within that, but... Um, I it's, do a difficult, feel, it's a difficult one with Brody Lee because you don't want to kind of have him lose that quickly. But I'm guessing ridiculous amount of people are going to get involved in it because the Dark Order's little goons coming in and doing yeah. whatever. It may get thrown away and it might extend. You know, you, you don't know. This might be yeah. a long feud uh, just for the for the quarantine time. Uh, yeah. you, you never know. Um, I will say this: now that you got Brody Lee with the Dark Order with Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, like. If this company does not have trios titles by the end of the year, I'm going to sit there and be like, what the hell? Because you have so many trios teams, Death Triangle, Inner, uh, Inner Circle, like different variations, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks as the elites, you know, Nightmare Family, Cody, Dustin, and QT. Uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I-, I liked Joey Janela and Private Party. That was a perfect team for some weird reason. 
Um, the best friends with Orange Cassidy, SCU, all three yeah. of them together. Jungle Express. Um, yeah, see point now. Yeah, loads, loads. Yeah, man, like it, it could happen. MJF with the Butcher and the Blade. And speaking of MJF, this is listed as number two on the matches. Uh, for the uh, Wikipedia page, which is telling me that you might have a point about MJF being in that ladder match. But yeah. uh, it's MJF with Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. Yeah. Ah, man, they, they put so much into MJF, man. Um, it'd be cool to see, like, five years from now, like, this is the main event feud for the world title. Yeah. You know, like... It, uh, barring injury, barring some crazy stuff happening, you could see that for the for like these two guys, you know. Uh, so this is like a great showcase matchup. I would love for it to open the pay per view proper. Um, yeah. But as much as I'm trying, I'm really stalling because I'm trying to justify a reason to pick Jungle Boy, but I, it's it's MJF. It could be his kind of coming out moment in a way, in that he that's his his match where he got so close, but you know, of course, Wardlow gets involved or some screwy bit with MJF. But this is probably the the platform for Jungle Boy to kind of you know come out of himself and have that match, which you know really showcases him as a as a top babyface and also as a wrestler which I really do think that is one of the matches to, to do so, especially with, you know, what Marco Stunt had involved and all that stuff as well. So yeah. I think that could be, you know, the, the Shawn Michaels thing of, you know, really stealing the show and then MJF comes at the end and does a screw thing. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, like MJF, he's got a ton of momentum. He's he's the best heel on the roster. I think he's past Jericho's. So Jericho's likable, you know, uh, but you yeah. still look at him and be like, wow, what a dick. But like... MJF is just on another level. He's so damn young. It's ridiculous. Uh, so is Jungle Boy, you know? Like, I think Jungle Boy yep. is great as well. I would I would have loved to see, like, some type of rebuttal by Jungle Boy. Yeah. This well, week, I mean, there is this road to Double or Nothing, I think, on Friday, so there, there could be some stuff in there. Yeah, maybe, but I, I would have loved to see it on TNT, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, MJF has gotten a lot of mic time on TNT, so it kind of tells me, like, MJF is definitely the showcase for that. Uh, and I think MJF is going to win this match. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. All right. So now we're at uh, what's being looked at as the main event, the TNT Championship Final. Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson and Brandy Rhodes in his corner versus Lance Archer with Jake Roberts. Uh, so on my on my YouTube channel, Loudstone Entertainment, uh, which this is being heard on as well, uh, I did a quick video. Uh, I'll I'll do vi- videos where I have like random thoughts of like certain storylines and stuff like that. And I, yeah. I did one about Cody versus Lance Archer, and I said to myself, they, they I feel like they booked themselves into a corner here because first off, Cody. Just like how we talked about how Sean Spears needs a win, I feel like Cody needs a needs a big win, you know, because mm. Cody, as much as much winning as he has done, ever he lost the world title match against Jericho, he lost the match against MJF, it's the third pay per view, it's three straight pay per view losses. Hmm. I- See, the, the thing with this is 
and again i've mentioned this point again about you know people being like well the pushing the bucks and omega and cody because they started off and i kind of like the idea of cody losing a lot because it kind of works for his baby face persona but also it's that kind of that that baby face that always keeps coming back plus everyone's going to then compare well he's the, the triple h of AEW, you know going out there and putting himself over and, and, and blah 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 so well he gets that anyway that's that's, that's yeah that's, and, and that's that's my point i mean they can do it where it's then Cody wins the TNT to uh, come, you know, the comeback from from losing the world title. But then I'm like, you know, the way you built Lance Archer up is an absolute goddamn, you know, freight train. Um, and then part of me wonders with this Mike Tyson integration, if that's right. how they get around it, where Lance Archer, I don't know, tries to, you know, piss off Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson just punches him in the face, and then that's how Cody wins. Yeah, but then, as a kind like, of way of screwing them over, or you know, the, the the controversial part of it. Yeah, yeah, like you know, that's the thing. Like the way you built Lance Archer, like Lance Archer was is has been built in a way that makes me think he should be going after the world title. You know, like yeah, yeah. especially with Jake Roberts in his corner and everything like that, just being an absolute creep. It's amazing. Um, oh, man, love, love me some Jake Roberts promise. Unbelievable. Yes. Yes, um, I, they they could work in some you know Arn Anderson going after uh, Jake Roberts having like a scrap there maybe that oh gets that's happening oh that's happening bar none that's happening Brady Rose is going to spear somebody yeah well um man like I don't know like I just I just think to myself like man like I have no idea who I would have win this match but I did say you know. I would go with Lance Archer. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to stick with that. But at the same time, I don't know. Like, I, I have no idea. I want, I want Lance Archer to win, but I think Cody Rhodes will win. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going with Cody Rhodes. Another thing I want to point out here is, real quick, Cody Rhodes, man, seems like a heel to me. Yeah, he's always he's always striped me as a heel. I don't think Cody. I mean, Cody can do a great babyface promo, but the whole nightmare family and kind of they they kind of they are the establishment. I can't really see them. It's, like, how do you sympathize with that? Everybody it's obnoxious. knows. Obnoxious. It's it's yeah. so obnoxious. Like I I just watched AEW Re- Revolution again this morning uh, just because I just needed something to watch. To tell you the truth, and I, I watched that entrance and I see all these goddamn people. Stephen Amell is right yeah. there, right? And then all of a sudden, like, Arn Anderson's trying to be, like, a football coach. He's got his, like, mouth behind the the, the cue cards, just giving Cody notes and stuff like that. Yeah. And then and then getting involved in the middle of the matches and stuff like that to help Cody get an advantage. Uh, Brandy Rose doing the same thing, just being annoying and a nuisance. You're mm-hmm. almost like, and like, we're all cheering for it, too, you know? We're allowing Cody Rhodes, like, to be a heel but the, i think the beauty of this is n- cody never really changed from when from how he was in the bullet club it just yeah. happens to be like we're looking at him in a certain way um as like this great guy uh but he never he never changed you know <laughs> so in a weird way it justifies mjf um it justifies sean spears because, like, you know, Cody is, in a sense, just stacks the cards in his favor a lot, you know? He tries to be honorable and stuff like that, but then he decides to get a manager, and now he has two managers, and 
you know, I feel like a baby face should, a baby face shouldn't have that much behind them. Like if anything, I the heels should have so yeah. much behind them. The face should have no one. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing, you know. Like it's crazy because I still cheer for him. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But so he, you're, like, you're right. He he cuts a great you know great baby face promo and and it really does resonate with him and he does have a connection with the audience. But then you kind of think, you know, that is a heelish thing to have all those people behind you, and then you know kind of the whole establishment thing works for him but then like an- another thing is like is that just my wwe like programming in my mind that thinks that way because if you think about it it's called the nightmare family and who's supposed to have your back in life your family it's supposed to be yeah. there to support you and everything like that so if you have family and and people that are close to you that are in your corner that have your back that are rooting for you and trying to help you succeed in life like is is that really such a heelish thing like i i don't know like it just it just flips the concept of face and heel to me the entire way plus it also it's also very interesting how cody has been fully separated from the elites this entire yeah. you know um yeah it, it brings a you know a different type of face and heel and that that doesn't necessarily have to be the rule i guess it's just more the kind of way it goes about it that you're behind the whole family because you'll be behind Cody Rhodes, which kind of makes it, you know, and you've got Arn Anderson who people respect. And then, you know, you kind of make Brandy a, a sympathetic kind of face in a way. Well, yeah, yeah. Cause Brandy's, cause, cause Brandy's hot as all hell. And my God, like what the hell, like, you know, Cody won. And you're just like, man, if he can do it, so can I, you know, that's kind of <laughs> how you're looking at it right there. It's like, damn, you got Brandy. I don't care if you're a Rhodes. The fuck? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, all that said, I I'm I'm picking Lance Archer, but like I'm really just on the fence about this matchup, man. Yeah. And that's where I want to be for a main event. I don't want to know who's gonna win, you know. I don't yeah. want it to be that obvious for a main event match, you know. Which is why I think like uh, John Moxley's match is kind of knocked down a little bit because yeah. like I just feel like it's so obvious that he's gonna win. Yeah, I hear your point. It is there, but then again, that kind of makes it a main event because it isn't. It's you got to watch it because you want to see who's going to win because you don't know who's going to win. All right. Well, uh, and you picked Lance Archer as well, right? Uh, well, I, I actually, yeah, I picked Lance Archer as winning, but I feel like Cody's going to win. Okay. So I feel like I'm picking Cody with this. Okay. All right. So uh, let's just one more time. Let's just run down uh, our picks for match by match. So for Dustin Rose versus Sean Spears. We both picked Sean Spears. Yeah. For the Elite versus the Inner Circle, we both picked the Elite, but I'm calling for a Kenny Omega heel turn. Okay. All right. Uh, Buy-in match. We're picking best friends. Yeah. Uh, we both picked Britt Baker to beat Chris Statlander, even though that match might not happen. Yep. Uh, I picked Hikaru Shida to beat Nyla Rose. You picking Nyla Rose to retain. Yep. I went with Colt Cabana to win the ladder match. Uh, you're picking MJF to be the secret entrant yeah. and to win, where yeah. I'm picking uh, Drew Gulak to be the secret entrant. Okay. Um, we're both picking John Moxley to beat Brody Lee, right? Yep. Uh, did we both pick MJF? Yeah. Yeah. And you're picking Cody to yep. win the TNT title, and I'm picking Lance Archer to win the TNT title. All right. Okay. Well. Let's see whose uh, picks are correct. Only way to find out is by tuning into AEW Double or Nothing, uh, which I will be doing. And I may do a reaction video. I might not do a reaction video. I don't know. I'm probably not. Uh, 
but I do enjoy uh, what AEW is doing, and I'm looking forward to this Saturday. Me too, going to be uh, going to be checking it. Of course, not necessarily live because it'll be about one, two a.m. in the morning, and I'm an older man now, AJ. I need to sleep, so but I will be checking into it the, the next <laughs> day, and uh, we'll be checking that out. Going to be excited to be seeing uh, some of the matches, but also any moments that maybe we haven't really thought about happening with other guys or just you know uh, segments or, or anything going on. Yeah. What? If, oh my God! I just thought of something. What if Sting shows up? Yeah, that's been the rumor, isn't it? The oh Sting my God. That no one has spoke about, and then I think somebody said today that Ric Flair has is out of his contract now. So everyone's like, "Oh, what's he gonna do?" So there's, there's a lot of questions with that. Oh, please, Ric Flair is social distancing like a motherfucker. He ain't showing up. Uh, <laughs> uh, I could be wrong, but like, I don't think he's showing up. But uh, one last thing I want to sh- I want to show here is I, I just got an injury update. I went on Rajat.com and saw this injury gu- update. Just want to share this real quick. Uh, last night's go-home edition of AEW Dynamite saw three big stars potentially sustain injury. Uh, Matt Jackson from the Young Bucks is said to have banged up his ribs on a dive executed during a brawl with the Inner Circle in the show's closing moments. Reports are that he may even have potentially broken a rib or torn some cartilage. Next up is Ray Phoenix, who, after defeating Arch Cassidy in singles action, was involved in a post-match scuffle to set up Saturday's number one contender's ladder match. Phoenix went to the top rope, uh, went for a top rope dive, excuse me, but didn't get as much distance jumping off the ropes and was not properly caught by the group beneath him. He collided on the arena floor hard and remained down for the remainder of the segment. He eventually left on his own power because it's Ray freaking Phoenix. Oh, yes. Finally, what, a, what a way to go from, uh, oh, yeah, I need to get better so I can beat myself up in a ladder match again. Uh, yeah, Phoenix is crazy. Uh, finally, Britt Baker is dealing with a knee issue after having Nyla Rose slammed on her during her tag team contest against Hikaru Chida and Chris Statlander. As soon as the spot happened, Britt was taken to the corner and checked on by doctors. Uh, all three superstars are still set to work Saturday's Double or Nothing pay-per-view at this time. However, AEW has yet to issue an official update. While Jackson and Phoenix are more likely to compete, reports are that Baker could have blown out her knee and her scheduled match against Statlander is up in the air. So, you know, that that's the that's pretty much what I was expecting. Matt Jackson and Phoenix would go on. But Britt Baker, like, man, I hope she's all right, because like that, that shit did not look right. Well, you know, I'm hoping that they're uh, they're all doing okay and that they uh, take care of themselves before they can get to the pay per view, and also take care of themselves in the in the pay per view. Apart from Ray Phoenix, I feel like Ray Phoenix is going to die again. So, but that, that's Ray Phoenix, and uh, but he'll be he'll be fine. He'll be walking. Uh, he'll have he'll have a 20 minute match on uh, Dynamite <laughs> next week. Uh, but looking forward to the event. I'd like to thank you, Mister Mamba, Mister AJ Mamba, for having me here on the Loud Stone, uh, the Box Podcast on the Loud Stone uh, Entertainment page. I've been checking out your uh, videos on uh, Shad Gaspard that you just recently put out as well. Of course, uh, yeah. rest and power to Mister Shad Gaspard as well. Also, the uh, the watch alongs for some of the uh, video games you've been playing with uh, more Resident Evil, more to come back, those kind of ones as well. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, you guys. We'll subscribe to some Loudstone Entertainment. I'm going to be uh, promoting the old YouTube channel, hopefully get some more stuff. Also, DWF making its comeback. Checked out uh, WrestleMania. Going to be uh, some great stuff as we continue on the the journey of the DWF with uh, that jabroni uh, Paul Sexton who uh, <laughs> needs a shave 
and uh, uh, some, some of the other guys as well. So looking forward to the potential that Loudstone Entertainment is going to be having in the future. And if you like what's going on here, of course, make sure you subscribe and like some of the videos and tell your friends, telephone, tell a what's the what's the thing, telegram, telephone, tell the rest or something like that. I don't know. What yep, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Tell tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your wife, tell your kids. And tell everybody, because damn it, Loudstone Entertainment is here. Also, FWZ is here. Definitely check out their content. Uh, it, the links are going to be in the description. Uh, so with that being said, I want to thank the Jamco for joining me for this special uh, box podcast where we reviewed AEW uh, Double or Nothing, or previewed, I should say. Were our picks correct? Only one way to find out. Let's watch it Saturday. Jamco, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to The Box. Follow our social media in the link in the description now. Now. And thanks for listening to The Box, a Loudstone Entertainment podcast.